Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, on this episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 4, Abominations. We'll see friendships forged, we'll see partners uh, reunited, and then we'll also see zombies, guys. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. A nice little jaunty tune to lead us in to the Legend of the Tomorrow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We'll be breaking down Season 2, Episode 4, Abominations. And a nice cheery tone, as I say. It's kind of a, a very special episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, we'll get into that as we break it down. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at HappyGoJackie. I am another one of your hosts, Lex Michael. You can follow me all over social media at the Lex Michael. And I am the other host. I'm Lucretia Lyon, and you can find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And our fourth member of the panel, Dave Child, he is taken ill this evening, so he will not be with us tonight. But tweet him at uh, MRDaveChild and let him know what you like uh, to, when you're feeling sick. What's your good favorite uh, homestyle family remedy to cure yourself? Sure. I think he'd love those tweets, guys. Sure. Yeah. Give like. him something to look at. Yeah, there you go. Yes, yeah, so whatever you think's going to cure is it, what ails him. His Colonel Sanders fried chicken. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. boy. <laughs> I was like, who are you? Colonel Sanders. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting episode of uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, some some really uh, dark moments, but some really interesting character building moments as well. I, I d- was not prepared for them to go quite as heavy with it as they did, but ultimately, this episode, more so than any other episode of this series so far, reminded me a whole lot of OG Star Trek. In that they used these sci-fi elements to tell a story yes. about a real human social philosophical issue. And I thought it was it was interesting. I thought, I mean, they they did a pretty great job, all things considered. I just it took me a second to adjust to the tone. Yeah, because so far, like this the season's been kind of just uh, you know, more more campy, more fun, a little bit more upbeat than last season. And then they put in this kind of like a little bit more serious moments here in the show, which is uh, appreciated. It's nice to be able to, for them to mix a tone. So I, I didn't mind that at all. Yeah, to me, it really worked, and especially to tell this story that, you know, most people are familiar with. And when they have, you know, black characters on the show, it is what, you know, same thing with the women characters. There were times where you weren't treated equally. So it's really interesting when they bring these things up and sort of reminding people that, you know, it does get better. I mean, and that's what Jack said. And it was a really good Jack's episode. And we don't get a lot of those. And I feel like if you are decide to take this on uh, and, and deal with this in an episode, then you should go and deal with it as seriously as, as possible. Rather than just like, oh, yeah, we're going to go back to that time and just kind of blow off all these consequences about this time period. Absolutely. And in an episode that also includes like a roving horde of mm-hmm. Confederate zombies, it is it is impressive that they were able to include some of those more outlandish elements and not lose the the respect and the care with which they handled the slavery story and interesting that uh, in a in a show about zombies and you're worrying about like you know everybody could get bit get infected get turned 
Uh, at points, you were more concerned about what's going to happen with Jackson and Maya. I mean, that ends up being the more scary situation than like zombies overrunning the Union soldiers. And I thought that was such a good use of par- parallelism, like we kept discussing Parallel. on Arrow last night. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, yeah, that is a way worse threat than zombies. Because, you know, you're dealing with human beings being treated like animals. Zombies are no longer human. And, you know, if you're a zombieist. Yeah, <laughs> and also too, zombies. Obviously, zombies. I guess are are scary in yeah. that they are this mindless, unstoppable force that just was, they're coming to eat you and tear you limb from limb. That's very scary, but it's also, it, I think it's abstracted enough from reality that it's not as emotionally impactful. You get the visceral terror that you get, and you get it. You know, you watch Romero movies or you watch The Walking Dead, and it's like ah, they're eating people, but. You could put that somewhere in your brain that's more or less comfortable because you know this isn't this isn't a real thing. Very true. Well, it's almost like uh, zombies, they can't help themselves. That's uh, just like part of what makes a zombie zombies. They're just going to be pursuing everybody as a food source. Nothing, uh, nothing inherently malicious. But humans, they're constantly choosing to uh, dehumanize other people and break them down and make them suffer. And that's what's interesting about The Walking Dead is they use that same sort of, you know, metaphor is, uh, you know, the zombies aren't the real threat. It's actually people. We hmm. are The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! I was Stein. waiting for Martin Stein to look <laughs> yeah. at him. Yes, Marty. Uh, before we go break down the episode in its entirety, though, folks, you can like us on Facebook, give us those five stars on iTunes, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, hop in the chat. Lucretia, as you see, has got her computer up. There's always our oracle there to uh, hear any of the chat uh, thoughts that you have about this episode in particular or the season in general so far. So yeah, we'll get into it. We start off uh, in the time stream. It's cool to see another ship in the time stream just kind of cruising around. Well, well, not cruising around. It's not going well for this this young <laughs> this young time pirate. No, decidedly not. And like Lucretia just (laughs) immediately, right up top, just this guy's in horrible distress. He's almost certainly about to die. And Lucretia's to my left, just laughing. (laughs) (laughs) She just enjoying the time pirate suffering. Uh, But he's from, I guess he he got some uh, element called uh, TX90 from 2235. Uh, But one of the people on his crew got infected. I wouldn't believe what he did to the little crew. This guy seems like he may have been affected as well. He crash lands back in Mississippi, 1863. And as the, he gets out of his uh, little safety capsule there, the Confederate soldiers are right around him. And then he starts turning as well. Yes. Why they didn't... Uh, interesting that you know, why they had the guns right there in front of him. I see, I see a guy start wigging out of me right there. Yeah, I think I'll just shoot him. Especially yeah. if he's coming out of something I've never seen before in my entire life. For sure. And something's clearly not... Like his skin is not the right color and he's making yeah. noises and he's clearly lunging violently at all of us. I feel like you are within your rights at that point. Yes. <laughs> just yeah, just th- shoot him. This is one of those times you do shoot first. <laughs> though, though to be fair... We all know now from so, seeing so many zombie stories in film and TV exactly what one looks like. I can almost buy that they may be so stunned and unsure of what to make of what's happening in front of them that maybe they don't react quickly enough to prevent the first one from being bit. Yeah. Once he's on the first one, maybe you don't want to shoot your buddy and then he can get to the second one and uh, so on and so forth. I've seen these movies, dude. I know how this goes. Yeah, it works. All right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, things don't look like they're going very well there in 1863. Uh, and uh, again, we start the episode with something that I, I was teased with and I thought it was going to be addressed this episode. We we're going to listen to finally find out what uh, old man Barry's message was. And we just get teased with it. Not for, yeah. like, three more weeks uh, or something, right? Oh, man. You got to drag it out because we just yes. love hearing old man Barry. <laughs> so soon, though, right? I mean, that's where no. we are, what, three, two, three weeks away from the crossover? Yeah. Which I assume that's yeah. when we're going to find out what the deal is with that message. I guess. But, man, it's just like, oh, 
come on, let's just ah, this frustrates me. This kind of like, oh, we can't tell the rest of the crew. Let's just keep it secret to ourselves. And if we have to have another episode next week where they're back in the room again listening, or they're just having a casual conversation <laughs> yeah. in the library, should we tell them, Gray? Should we tell them? Like, yes, you should have told them two weeks ago. That's when you should have told them, guys. <laughs> the secrets never do well on the show, mm-hmm. but they don't. Uh, I do like Stein though. He's trying to uh, uh, he tries to play it off with uh, Sarah when she calls in. Why, why are you calling me Sarah? I'm, yeah. I'm turning over a new leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Try new things. Uh, uh, Victor Garber. I mean, it's the, no surprise when he is as amazing as he is, but he was so very excellent in this episode. Oh, yeah. The yeah. zombie thing. I'm like, dude, it's not Voldemort. Just say it. And then he finally <laughs> did. <laughs> he had such a wide range of emotions that he played this episode, uh, from just trying to be like coy to being downright terrified to just having this nice, really cool conversation with Jackson at the end of the episode. Just, I, mm-hmm. Man, just a really great work from him this episode. And the stuff, and I, someone in the chat, uh, I believe their name was uh, Matt, uh, said, you know, Rick and Morty, I mean Ray and Marty. I love how he's like, Marty, can I call you Marty? No, and he just keeps doing it. Uh, yeah, but luckily they get the, Sarah calls him out of the library and says, guess what, this, uh, the ship crashed in 1963, we got this message, let's go back and stop this guy from being an aberration in time. But we're leaving Ray behind because you got no suit, buddy. I So, all right, I, I understand, I understand from a strategic point of view why maybe Ray's the guy to leave on the ship at this point, but given how hard he took the loss of his suit, maybe couch it a little better in, like, we need somebody, we need a scientist on board who can work up, like, really hit the we need a vaccine yeah. angle of this, and not the you're useless in the field angle <laughs> of this. The boy's having a rough couple days. I know, Sarah's not, I guess, the most warm, I mean, and I think that's what makes her a good captain but it's just like you know Ray had his feelings a little bit hurt there and you could tell but I love how he just made the best of it he was like the best little den mother like he the sack lunches, lunches. Yes. and I was just like that is adorable that, I did he like should have been my scout leader <laughs> <laughs> I did like that he made him lunches then he's talking to him on the comms so like, kind of give him little details oh it's a balmy 58 degrees you guys are actually in Hyde's County and they're like alright let's just turn this off and, uh, enough of this chatter <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then we see that the, they find the escape pod. Uh, uh, Mick's excited because he can just burn something there. It's like, all right, we're yep. done. That's great. Uh, and then they see a, a, a man running from some Confederate soldiers, a black man. And uh, Vixen says, we got to help. And she's not going to wait to get the approval. She's just off and running. And it's kind of that, the, the newest member, member of the team, kind of the rogue element. She's sure. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, part of a real, I'm part of a cool team, Justice Society of America, guys. I do what I want. Right. I listen to you legends. <laughs> it's like, you people aren't that great. <laughs> uh, and they stop, this man, uh, they stop the Confederates from getting him and uh, find out that he's Henry Scott. And he's uh, Dispatch, yes. which, is, uh, which he uh, uh, is uh, a man uh, giving information to the Union. Yes, that is correct. And uh, then the zombies attack, guys. And then the zombies attack, as zombies are wont to do. <laughs> yes. At the least opportune time, because they're not really considerate of the plans of others. Damn no. zombies. And uh, so, I mean, we see that uh, poor Henry Collins, he does get killed. Uh, Henry Scott, excuse me, gets killed. Uh, and uh, in his dying moments, tells Jack that he's got to make sure that that satchel gets to General Grant. Because there's something at the Collins Plantation, which are Confederate plans about their attack. And the General Grant needs those desperately. Yeah, we we get to, oh man, we need to not lose the Civil War really quickly. Yeah. Uh, we also find out the other problem, though, too, is that Mick ended up getting bite, uh, bit during that fight. And, I, you know, how did he not know that he got bit? Why, didn't, why doesn't he bring that up to anybody? Like, oh, guys, you know, I got bit. I think you would know, even as muscular as he is. He Maybe, but I also... Okay, the, the hang-up for me isn't that he didn't tell anybody, because I imagine that even if you're... If you get bit and you see you got bit, if you're Mick Rory, you're probably like, whatever, and you just have a beer or something. 
but he recognized the zombies as zombies and then didn't tell anybody. Yes. That's the part that seems a little odd to me. Yeah, I, I feel like that they just sort of made that in an element just to sort of put that whole Mick, you know, Marty, Ray thing into motion. And it was like, hey, I guess I'll forgive it. Because, yeah, Mick would have said something like, yeah, they bit me. Like, do something. I don't want to be a zombie. Right. Like, well, he does later, but... Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, then it kind of basically breaks up into our three storylines for the episode. We've got uh, Jackson and Maya, they're going to go to the Confederate house to try to find those plans. We've got Nate and Sarah going to talk to General Grant, explaining him what the whole zombie situation is. And then we've got Stein and Ray trying to cure Mick after he, in uh, the first attempt, doesn't quite work, and he zombies out. And so he now it's, they're out. locked down on the, uh, on, the, on the ship, and they can't get out to provide any sort of backup for those guys. So out of those three storylines, which ones intrigued you the most? Oh man, that's that's tough because there's different they're clearly doing three incredibly different things and they're they're doing them all I think very very well. Um you know, there's no there's no Victor Garber getting to show that range of emotions in any of these other stories, but there's also no watching steal steal himself out and blow up all the zombies in the other storylines and there's also no really thoughtful and and searing look at at the ugliness of slavery in any of these other storylines so it's really yeah. hard to compare them against each other for me yeah because um again i'm sort of crushing on citizen steel and ray up there because they're both just that little adorable hero guy who's like <laughs> yeah, you, like separate them so then how do i choose because <laughs> even Sarah started to care about Nate a little bit. I kind of like that part. You know? I uh, it's interesting to see the kind of the uh, the friendships that are being yeah. developed between Nate and Sarah, and I think even uh, after the, certainly after this encounter, Jackson and Maya. Yeah, what I really like is you know in the first episode with with Amaya as Vixen, you know Animal Girl, they sort of seem like they were testing her with Ray, but then you know last episode she had a good scene with Mick, and this one with Jax, and I'm like good because. Ray had the romance last season and really didn't work. So if they're going to do that, I like that they may be going a different direction. Just, yeah, because yeah, I'm like, sure. or friendship. I, I mean, it doesn't always have to end in, yeah, let's have sex. Absolutely. And I, I really thought the way they handled all of the individual character pairings in this episode were, it was really, it all really worked for me. Like, yeah. considering the number of character pairings that there were that we had to track and the number of different story elements, the number of different tonal elements that we were trying to juggle in one episode, I'm very impressed that any of it worked as well as it did, let alone all of it. Because I think there were episodes last season where I felt uh, I felt a little frustrated by the way they tried to, tried to serve everybody with the story. And it, it would never quite work very well. And this episode I thought was a really good example of giving everybody uh, a storyline and still they, they, had, they had a little character arc through yes. each one. And I thought, I thought this was a really successful version of that. And none of it felt forced to me. None of it felt no. None of it felt contrived any more certainly no more contrived than any episode of television because you know it's like somebody somebody wrote this somebody made this up at some point it's all a little bit contrived but no more so than any other story you're going to encounter yeah everybody was where they should be and that's what it seemed like for you know the whole season of this show you know last year there was a little bit of a misstep sometimes with who was paired with who you know to go on separate missions but it just what seems like they just know what they're doing now. Yeah. And it's amazing because it's like everything feels right. Yeah. And and for me, it's certainly not to pick on the first season. I mean, we, we talked about it while while it was airing last year, um, our, our likes and our dislikes maybe. But it's also this is an incredibly tricky type of show to write. And it's such a big and diverse ensemble, so many different personalities and so many ways 
you can pair them and it not work. You know what I mean? So you have to figure out, okay, what where is everyone best utilized? And I feel like, yeah, we're really we're seeing it now and things can just be allowed to to happen. No, I yeah, it just uh, because even though like you think like well, hey, Nate didn't have a lot to do in this episode, uh, he still had th- those moments there that still made uh, I felt like it was a satisfying uh, episode for him, even uh, even though he wasn't featured as prominently as he was in you know, like last episode. Uh, right. Yeah, I mean, just because uh, even at the end where he just talks to uh, uh, off camera, you see him talking to General Grant just to say, hey, you know, what, Sarah's my captain and she's having trouble uh, ordering men into battle, and just to see that little pep talk with him, General Grant and Sarah at the end of the episode, just uh, prompted all by Nate. It's like that's that was a nice little moment from Nate as well yeah i'm really liking him he just fits right in and Mm -hmm. it's not just because he's adorable um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah just and he's a historian he knows all this stuff so that's a good skill set to have uh i guess i'm gonna just go off on this tangent because it's been kind of as i watch this episode here for a second so i just want to ask you guys okay uh, before we get back into breaking down this uh, episode is so so far this is our second episode uh yes as episode four so no actually our yeah one two three yeah so our third episode without rip yes how uh, for me? Yes, I am not missing Rip at all. How do you guys feel? I, I tend to agree. I mean, now when Jonah Hex shows up, but Rip better be there. But it really does feel because Stein is sort of feeling uh, the Rick roll or, or Rip. Sorry, <laughs> uh, it's like Rick roll. Can you do it now? <laughs> but yeah, he's filling that role of sort of being the coward. Uh, you know, but not at the end. You know, he sort of came out of it, and yeah, it does feel. A little like we didn't really need Rip Hunter, but isn't he a time master? (laughs) I I also have a hard time saying I really feel like he's missing from this dynamic. That being said, I like Arthur Darville a lot, and I'm hoping that Rip does return at some point. But I I would be perfectly satisfied seeing him maybe come in and out, maybe as an ancillary member. I, I think we've got a really great core unit now. And I think everybody's really, really gelling in a way that we hadn't seen before. And I think the hardest part, too, is when he comes back is certainly this team has had a lot of time on their own to kind of solidify uh, as their own unit to see how Rip, Rip can't just come in and just assume that he's captain again. To see how he'd fit back into the dynamic would be interesting. And what I think is cool is Sarah assumed the captain's role and everybody was good with it. And you see repeatedly why everybody's good with it is because she's clearly a better leader. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by far. And But I kind of think that that was a good direction for the show. It's like Rip started out as a leader, but you realize he's bad, it, you know, bad at it. So we've got to get a new one. Uh, but yeah, I feel that there is a place for Rip Hunter. But yeah, a lot of the chat is saying they don't miss Rip either. And they feel bad for it. I think that's funny. Yeah, I've been so just like, I feel bad for not missing Rip. Yeah, because, yeah, like, yeah. like, like said, Arthur yeah. Davos is great, you know, yeah. and so it's just, you know, the, the way the character, at least in the first season, just, oh man, there were some stumbling blocks with him too, so having him removed and just letting the, the rest of the team kind of just move on without him, it's just like for me, it's just showing like, wow, I guess you, you could do the show without having Rip Hunter. Yeah, Jonathan Dibbing says, I feel like Rip was holding them back and I think that they even make that comment and even Rip himself in the premiere sort of realizes that maybe he wasn't the best leader holding them back and I think that's sort of, you know, their journey right now. Yeah, I think you really you really needed a Rip Hunter in the first season so that the team would assemble and go off on this journey. But once they're off on this journey and they've all settled into place, you don't need a Rip Hunter as much. 
Yeah, cause I think the hardest thing is yeah, we're, uh, that's getting back into the first season. So we'll we'll move off this, but just mm-hmm. when we uh, so many things were tied to Vandal Savage, whether it be Kendra and Carter, also Rip as well. So many things were a linchpin on that 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 they were kind of carried it throughout the entire season. So it just say Vandal Savage storyline had been done like in the first two or three episodes, and then you had the rest of the season just to kind of do more adventures like this going on. Maybe a different dynamic by the end of that first season to what we have now, and you wouldn't mind having Rip still in the mix and stuff. But sure. everything was just so heavily tied in with Vandal that it just made it just so tough for them to do anything else other than just everything's got to lead to Vandal. Sure. So, anyway, guys, that was just my little tangent. <laughs> yeah. Let's get back into season... Hey, we're all talking about season two, episode four, right? Yeah. Time travel. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, so we have uh, Jackson and Maya. Uh, they get back to the Confederate house, and they overhear uh, a, 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 a woman about to get uh, treated poorly for... Uh, yeah. Treated yeah. poorly. Treated poorly. Yikes. You know, guys, yeah, that's three white people on this panel, right? As we've all talked about yes. here. It's like, you know, who are we to be talking about this? But, but it, it, yes, it was interesting to see, like, you, this, Jax and, and I having that discussion, like, this is terrible, but if we stop it now and our cover gets blown, then we don't get the bigger picture, which is these plans that can save the whole Union Army, and then history won't be changed. Yeah, I really liked that Jax was the one to be mature and to step in and say that because, you know, she was a member of the JSA, but they were in one time period. They don't know how the, all this time travel and stuff works. And, you know, it just shows the growth in Jax's character. And I really like that because, you know, he's a young guy. You know, he j- just had sort of gone on this mission with Stein. You know, he got roofied into it. <laughs> but, Not very true. Yeah. But I also love, too, that they there's no wink there's no joke there's no we're gonna we're going on a mission like no this is an incredibly this is an incredibly serious moral quandary that they're in because it is is this question of well do we allow this to happen to this one person if it means protecting that many more people in the future and, and then yeah there's a time travel stuff and it gets really complicated but the the joke and the winking it all stops like we've we've dealt with really big like world ending like nuclear missiles all of that stuff with a bit of a wink and a smile between team members, but I really appreciated that. Like, no, this is not this is not something to, like wink and grin about. And I like that the show treated it as such. Yeah, and it's uh, I mean that is such a, a I mean I certainly can't imagine what it would be like to be in that situation, but to know concretely that yes, we need to succeed in this mission, or otherwise history's uh, doomed. Yes. Uh, so we you know, just uh, do you let one person suffer? That's got to be. It's so hard to think about in the abstract. And I feel like as Jax's course of the episode, he goes from thinking about it more abstractly to also then being a little bit more closely associated in the mix and getting a chance to see that up close and personal and find out that it's not so easy to remain objective about everything you're supposed to do. Right. Yeah, and I really liked that character development moment. You know, he's like, no, this is the real aberration. And I thought that was a really poignant, you know, line. And it really time uh, goes back to, you know, just that whole time travel trope of, you know, you see these horrible things. Don't you want to stop them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just to see uh, when Jax does get into the house, he uh, disguises uh, Henry Scott's disguise was to be a slave and go in the house, and just realizing it's one thing to know slavery existed, but I guess even I would know just like what are the social norms of that time period and what would a slave be allowed to do. So when he bumps into a woman and then just apologizes, realizing that just the fact that he that he just touched her and apologized, knew that oh. was like what? Whoa, holy cow! Right? Yeah. So oof. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Oof. I feel like Lex really wants to talk about this. I know. Like, I mean, it's not, it's it's just, it's very heavy, and it's very, very, very difficult to watch. And so, and as such, it is difficult for me to know, ex- really, the best way to to talk about it, other than, as, as you say, 
Oof. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's you know, they're monstrous people. I mean, and it's not something played for uh, you know, overhyping it or trying to make it like, oh, we're gonna make him a stereotype. It's like, no, sadly, people were this cruel back then. Oof. Uh but in the end, uh I mean, well, <laughs> The way everything comes together is that they, uh, they finally decided Jax is, or freeing them as well. They're their aberration, as Lucretia said. Yes. So, but then the zombies. You got the zombies, guys, that are trying to break out of the plantation. Uh-huh. Uh, and we see... Uh, <laughs> you got, because, because you still got the zombies. Yes. Uh. Uh, and interesting that, because uh, even though they, they're, uh, they get back in the house because Jax and one of the slaves are going to find the plants, because the, the, uh, the one slave says, I think I know where they are. And we see Colin still alive as everybody else is kind of getting torn apart in the house. And he's got guns firing away. And Jack said, hey, give us some guns, too, because uh, we can help you. We're all, we have to work together. And the guy just still, the face mm-hmm. of zombies, the face of zombies. You're going to give it up and worry about, like, oh, I'm not going to arm a slave. Which, as a storytelling and a character decision, I really appreciated. Because I think having that character have an abrupt change of heart, even in the face of something like zombies, I don't, A, I don't think that would have been believable. And I think you, you're stepping back off of how real that aspect of it is yeah it would be cheap and just too easy to go there in my opinion it's like no this guy really was a piece of crap and you know he was never gonna change so it was cool to see him getting eaten by a body. <laughs> yes yeah. not gonna have that moment like i learned a lot from you today yeah i'll change my ways I'm like yeah mm, that's no not we happen. didn't need that, that, <laughs> yeah. that that's not something that would have happened no it's not crabs. this is not a problem that even if even if zombies are running at you trying to eat your face this is not a problem that just goes away like poof all gone yeah uh, so yeah, they do. Uh, Jax does burn up all the slaves and everybody. Uh, the yeah, not just Jax does not burn up the slaves. He mm-hmm. burns up the zombies, guys. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> <laughs> he burns up the uh, he burns up the Confederate so, uh, sh- soldiers. Yes, <laughs> and Collins, and they they escape and they get back to General Grant. Uh, they're safe though because during the course of the battle, uh, Sarah's able to prove to General Grant that you got zombies. You I got lo- zombies afoot. I love that that she just brings a hit. Yes, like, that was so badass. And I also appreciate too that General Grant bought it. Like yeah. he, he didn't take any more convincing. He's like, "There's a head with black goo coming out of it. That's that's like talking to me right now." This is clearly a problem we should address. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and uh, General Grant looks so familiar to me, and I forgot to look up the actor. If chat roll knows, I'll try to look it up on IMDb really quick. Because yeah, I was just because he was really good. I thought, you know, I yeah. Like, yeah, I like him. Yeah. That's why I would have made him guy. such a heavy drinker later in his presidency. Because I had oh. to deal with zombies, guys. <laughs> you understand this? Hey, don't judge me. That's true. I know this is one of those things that we're not supposed to think too much about, but since they went back and they. They fixed it so that the Civil War ended the way we're aware it ended, but there were still zombies, right? So now, were there always zombies? Uh, because because there were zombies that one time when they fixed, yeah, the, you know what I mean. Yeah. That's true because you would think that yeah, I guess there were probably, yeah there would be zombies, and you would think uh, zombie stories because they said they would, uh, as Nate tells Sarah like they haven't heard that word for another seventy years, right? I think that's definitely changed by this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. There's somebody that they came out of that battle and said you know I'm going to write this story, and you know that the first zombie story came out like 1865 for sure. Yeah, 1864 probably. It's like yep, I got a novel to write, guys. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, so I, I do like that, uh, and the battle kind of goes uh, not so great because they realize that uh, General Grant still wants to save something for the battle the next day, right? And that's always that dilemma. It's like, how much do you want to, you know, try to save your lives now, and how much do you want to worry about the battle tomorrow? But I feel like you got to really invest in tonight, otherwise there's not going to be a tomorrow, right? 
Sure. Uh, yeah, but the plan is, hey, uh, guess what, Nate? You're gonna take, uh, you're gonna lead these guys out to a box of nitroglycerin and blow yourself up along with all those zombies. So maybe not the most complex or nuanced plan, but as it turns out, not a bad one. I thought that was cool because I, I, I during the course of the episode, we were like, all right, these are people that get you, you get bit and uh, cut or something like that, infected. Then you turn. Who's the one person on the team that cannot get bit or cut or infected? And that would be Steel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I really like that, you know, even General Grant pointed out, he's either the bravest soldier or the dumbest one. And Sarah's <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I feel like she should have said, the jury's still out on that. I <laughs> would argue that it's not binary. Yeah. I would say you can be both incredibly brave and not very smart at the same time. <laughs> I uh, although I was wondering, because I felt like that scene just drew out a little long, because... He gets out to the uh, gets out, jumps on top of the box. Everybody starts uh, dogpiling on top of him. I'm like nobody's biting him yet because it was a little bit before he transformed. I'm like, right? Yeah. Somebody had to have bit this guy by then, right? Because <laughs> he's just laying there. <laughs> <laughs> but then they got steel. But I, I better not think about what I've been questioning about Citizen Steel no. since last week. About no, especially not where no no biting no. and no yeah no mm. no. no. <laughs> Anyway, well, I get a little Brody Bruce with the. Oh, we don't. <laughs> oh, it's so. Upsetting. And I love how people and then like and then Pride, Prejudice, and zombies happen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That yeah, Lydia, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and their other third uh, storyline, as we talked about, is Stein, Ray, and Mick. Yes, uh, it's always great when you get to see. Well, Mick. Uh, well, first, talk about like Stein, because Mick, Mick, of course, uh, the 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 virus, the vaccine that Ray makes doesn't quite work. Mick turns, and then Ray Stein basically spends a lot of the episode just slamming Mick. How dumb he is. This guy's a dummy. He can't yeah. even turn on a light. Stein is such a dick. Sometimes. There's a part of me. I, I agree. Like when he when he was saying he made the, the comment about how he's not even smart enough to turn a light switch on, for a second I went, dude, like really? Like now? Really? Yeah. But then I went, you know what? Maybe this is a bit of a defense mechanism. Maybe it's like if I talk about how dumb he is, I'm going to be less terrified that he's going to eat my face. So yeah. Stein is a teenage girl? Yeah, did did you watch the same yeah, episode I, I did? Yes. I'm the it's like his defense mechanism, or he's just a dick. Because <laughs> <laughs> because it made me think like uh, seeing Mick now compared to first season and his experiences as Kronos. Uh, do you still feel like uh, they're writing him post Kronos? So you can really notice the difference between this Mick and the version of Mick before he became Kronos. Yeah, I, I see that they still have some of the Kronos Mick in there, and I like that because yeah, I mean before they had pretty much just portrayed him as such a meathead, but. Dominic Purcell is so much more than that, and mm-hmm. I think that's what they recognize. And they wanted Mick to be his own because I think they sort of knew that Wentworth was going to be on all the shows and not really a part of the Legends of Tomorrow. But yeah, I think that that's a, been a good character development for Mick, and I think that the friendship with Ray is really helping too. I really, I yeah. agree completely. I really enjoy that relationship, and I, I agree. I see a difference, Mick on the battlefield is still the same crazy berserker that he was before, I think. And he, he continues to relish the ability to do that. But I think when he's not engaged in fisticuffs, he's a lot more, if not, if not measured, at least a little bit more stable than he was before. Would, yeah. Cause I would agree. Cause it seemed like uh pre Kronos, it was all about, I just want to watch something burn and just like, just grunt a lot. <laughs> that, that, and that's good enough yes. for me. That's all I need to do. Uh, and it especially makes sense when you're with Captain Cold because yeah. he's yeah, of the two of them, the brains of the operation. Yes. So now that you've taken him off the canvas and he's been through that time as Kronos, it'd be able just to tweak him slightly. Where he's not as smart as Cold, but he's definitely 
he's definitely uh, much more evolved than just like burn and grunt, burn, let's grunt. But when he does just burn and grunt, that is still fun. <laughs> but yeah, and Lydia, a great uh, name here, uh, Dickenstein. Dickenstein. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that's what we'll call him. Ew. Mm, all or right. Marty. He didn't or like Marty. Marty. It's either Marty or Dickenstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they do realize, though. Uh, Hashtag oh. burn and grunt. Hashtag burn and grunt. Burn and grunt. <laughs> That's my ringtone. <laughs> <now, guys. laughs> so they realize, and this kind of, uh, they, they, hey, I guess uh, using this vi- vaccine as, a, uh, as, as an injection, maybe not the best uh, way to use this. What if we turn it into an aerosol and make it a spray? That might be more effective. Sure. So yeah. Ray comes back into the med bay to get a fire extinguisher, and at no point do I see him actually transform this vaccine into a spray. Also, it just the fire extinguisher is just laying there, and it's all good to go. Like, the, what, the vaccine I, was just what you find in a fire extinguisher, as it turns out. Yeah. Like, I, I missed a step where that vaccine got into the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Did anybody yeah. notice that? Uh, yeah, it was just like they just didn't show that. You know, they didn't feel like doing the whole CSI. Like we're going to go through this whole process, but I guess <laughs> I don't know. But it's just like, yeah, he didn't have time to do no, it because Ray jumps in yeah. immediately, gets cold cocked by Mick, yeah. and the fire extinguisher gets knocked out of the way. And like, all right, so when did when did this get into there? I don't it was it was when Ray was on his way to the floor. He really quickly was like, uh, <laughs> and he put it in there, and then he hit. <laughs> uh, but I did like uh, uh, Ray and uh, uh, Stein's uh, talk there. Where I mean, Ray's just basically confessing, like, you know what? I'm terrified. I don't think I have anything to offer the team right now. I've lost my suit. What do I do? If I'm so terrified, we can get it together. I can overcome this. You can overcome your fear of zombies. I don't know that it's a perfect one to one, but but no. but yeah, it was a nice, it was a really nice scene for sure, and I really love the way those two actors played off of each other, and again, tremendous relationship building between the two of them, and I, I really like that aspect of it. Yeah, I like how Marty acknowledged that Ray was smart because I he always tends to put him down, yes. uh, as with everyone, but as we say, that's his insecurities. Yes. But, yeah, I was like, he's like, oh, no, we're both smart. He's going to feast on our brains forever. I was like, what Dickenstein? <laughs> and it was in that moment, that conversation that he had with Stein, that I felt like, well, I could see Ray being a, I could see some of the leadership potential finally coming out in Ray. Yeah. So before, I never really saw it as much. Yeah, certainly the Boy Scout uh, doing everything bad. For that moment, I was like, all right, yeah, I can see a little bit of uh, gravitas to Ray that I can see him stepping up. Leaders make sandwiches. That, leaders yeah. make sandwiches. But don't do sprouts, guys. Ask, yeah. your, crew, ask your crew before you leave. But he, but he learned. Yeah. He learned. He learned I, by the end. But, you know, never assume sprouts, guys. Never, yeah. For a second when uh, he said, you know, somebody, Mick, at the beginning of the episode, he said, somebody bit me and my sandwich had sprouts on it. And then a minute later, he falls down for half a second. I was like, this dude really does not like sprouts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe he was allergic, Ray. Yeah, I was like, like oh. that's what happened. No. Sprout allergies. No and uh, Ivan Soto has the best uh, couple name for Rick and uh, or yeah, no Ray and Mick. <laughs> I was like, I already put them together, but Heat Ray sounds much better. Heat Ray, Ooh. I like Heat Ray. Oh, yeah. Heat Ray, very well, nice. That's the new. That's the new team. Yeah, yeah, Heat Ray. Heat Ray. Yes. Uh, yeah, we get down to the end of the episode, as Lex was saying, uh, that, uh, uh, of course, Ray goes checks in with Mick, and uh, Mick regrets already mm-hmm. asking, like, hey, you doing all right? Like, oh, why did I even ask? I did like that moment there. <laughs> but Ray just opens up to him as well, and I thought this was a really cool scene with Mick. Yeah, I really, I enjoy that Mick genuinely appreciates being saved from being a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a weird thing to think about, but I feel like I liked it. He's like, Thank, thanks, bro. You saved me from being a zombie. <laughs> um, it was just so cute. And then him giving him the gun, like, I need a partner. I'm like, oh, bro, man. Yeah, so I wanted to know, I wanted to know both, like, what was your reaction to the gift of Captain Cold's gun? 
Like, how do you feel about that? I thought that was cool. I'm curious to see how that plays out when we see Snart come back later sure. this season. To see Austin, like, you know, I, from whatever, if he's coming back, uh, like, just from that moment, he's been, you know, propelled somewhere in the time stream. So he's coming back and realized that, wait, why are you passing on my gun? Right. Yeah, he's going to be super jealous. There's that aspect of it, but then for me, there's also I I love the idea that these two guys are going to be working together more. Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that, and of course the image of the twin beams shooting out. I've missed that so profoundly, and I love it. it's amazing, and it makes me so happy every <laughs> single time. That being said, th- there's a part of me that would rather Ray take the tech from the gun and do something else with it than just use it the same way that Snark did because I've, we've seen that and I that's feel, somebody else yeah and the chat kept speculating that maybe you know we have Citizen Steel maybe Ray will become Citizen Cold and you know how I feel about that storyline oh and I keep wanting you know Snart to be mayor against Oliver you know run against him so let's leave that for the other shows I think, you know, Ray with the gun is just sort of a temporary fix. Sure. And because I think you'll get a different Adam suit that's going to be more like the comics. Because I think the reason they got rid of it is because we kept complaining about how it wasn't like the comics. That's right. I think just that, yeah, yeah, specifically my uh, frustrations with that. Thanks, guys. I feel like the writer's room is listening to this on the Friday afternoon during lunch. Hi, guys. Hello. (laughs) There you go. It's like, all right, Frank's complained enough about this. Let's get rid of that costume. Yeah. And I feel like it was a good way because we had uh, Nate with its hemophilia and then we turned him into steel and now you know there has to be sort of that outsider and i like that was part of mick and ray's conversation so at this point uh, ray is the one without a power but he is so useful in other ways and like the gun sort of gives him something to do but ray is not going to just accept being captain cold right <laughs> he yeah. is gonna want to be his own man yeah right it yeah. would it would seem to entirely backtrack on what he said he was seeking at this point which is a sense of self and identity if he just becomes captain cold <laughs> 2.0 right. that wouldn't really track for me but i also like that all of a sudden all he needed was just a gun all he mm-hmm. needed, and sarah's gonna let him back out in the field like so it could have been any gun it doesn't have to be the captain cold gun didn't, just they, just, didn't they just like a week ago find a room full of the things yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah jackson stein said oh hold on <laughs> but I Go think it was here. the gesture of, hey, I yes. want you to be my partner. You know, it was just a nice gesture. Yes. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you save Mick's life and turn him back then to a human. He's mm-hmm. going to be like, all right, let's uh, you, uh, burn and grunt. Burn and grunt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I do like uh, Mick's explanation. is like, you know, being an outsider is great. You can, you know, tell everybody to screw off. And, uh, and, and I liked how he called Captain Cold like the greatest outsider he ever knew. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be curious to see how this team develops. And it, I, I do like the idea of, like, more so we had all our issues with uh, the Ray and Kendra relationship last season. Yes. Not a particularly exciting arc for either of them. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So the idea of this is Ray trying to figure out his identity and just kind of figuring out, like, what is Adam 2.0, so to speak. Sure. And I'd love to see. I, I think that's a more, much more interesting story that I'm more interested in seeing Ray go through this season. Absolutely. I, I agree completely. Now, by the end, which uh, for me, I agree with what Lucretia said that if it ends up just being more like the traditional comic book version, where we get to just see him just in a regular kind of like blue and red suit, that's you know no tech, and he can just shrink, that'd be awesome. Yes, you guys good with that? Totally. Oh, yeah. The only thing that I, that I was like, well, okay, the only the hang up to that is that the cool thing about him having the Adam suit when he shrank is that he could fly, so he can get everywhere under his own power. Right. You take that away, it's tough to get him to places. <laughs> then you need an sure. archer. Like, and I'm pretty sure we can find one. There's yeah, they like know 10 at least one of those. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But yeah, he but has no time for this, for guys. For time travel. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah right. I've got no time for time travel. But I also, too, I'm wondering, they're, they've got a time travel ship 
they can literally go to any place in time that has existed, exists currently, or will exist. Can't he just get any tech he wants to make whatever he wants? That's true. So I, couldn't he do? Couldn't he do a happy medium where he's got the the, the OG suit, but he also flies? Like he's got little like boot gauntlets where he rockets up. And, yeah, he needs the dwarf alloy. You take uh, like Mister Miracle's hover discs. There you and go. You give him that. There you go. Oh, that would be cool. There give him go. some hover discs, guys. Writer's room. There you go. Hey, it would, it would good make to see you again, guys. So happy. <laughs> give him some hover discs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just borrow from Mr. Miracle, guys. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> or just do a whole episode where we just see Ray just shopping. Yeah. <laughs> like, I got to pick up all these supplies, guys. And then he's also, like, you know, packing lunches, like, because he went to shopping. Dude, he's yeah. Like such a I good would, mom. I would watch that where, like, they stop off in the future somewhere so he can basically go, like, to a mall, like a fancy technology mall. Oh, yes. And they all go with him. And it's supposed to be one of those episodes you always got on, like, every old TV show where, like, they're, like, just going and doing some fun family excursion. <laughs> but then they run into some wacky misadventures <laughs> along the way. And, like, Heat Wave gets into a fight at the food court and stuff. It's going to be great. Oh. Legends of tomorrow family vacation that's right uh, metropolis uh you know 3246 black friday yeah yeah guys make it happen guys Done. come on and jonathan dimming i love you by the way for bringing up sydney palmer um i never let that die <laughs> no. that is a character that exists and we need to see it <laughs> that's very true uh so we wrap up the episode with uh jackson stein uh getting back together because stein of course with their psychic connection could tell that Jax was distressed a lot during the episode, but they, I really like the conversation they had when they got back, and just I mean, it's always difficult, uh, you know, like as a, as a white man trying to help, uh, you know, a, a black person that's gone through this terrible experience. It's like, how do you really empathize? But just want to just be there and just listen. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I like too that they. I think Stein really likes to think of himself as paternal at times, and is usually. That's just not how he behaves, and that's not really how he interacts with people. But there was a moment where it's like, it's like, I, Frank, I agree with everything you just said. And in that scene, I was like, oh, like Stein right now is being the Stein Stein wants to be. Yes. And I like it, it genuinely moved me. I feel like a cornball saying so, but like it did. It, like that, that worked for me. Yeah, after being such a dick about Mick, um, I'm rhyming here apparently. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was such a good, like, all right, we don't hate Stein. He, you know, he just does, sa- says things he shouldn't, but right. he's really a good guy. He means yeah. well. Yeah. He's just a bit of a pompous ass. Yeah. No, and and take that away. Uh, those moments are, there is just a, there's a warm gooey human underneath all that. Oh. Thank you, Steve. Gooey human. Speaking <laughs> of humans, Boo sixty nine B says bring human target on Legends of Tomorrow. He's freaking amazing. And bring oh, human I agree. On all of them. Yeah, that guy's awesome. We'll travel. We need more of that dude on TV. I will trust anything that Boo sixty nine B says. She was my only only help uh, in the <laughs> breaking the MacGyver. down MacGyver. <laughs> Thank you, Boo sixty nine B. I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we wrap up this episode. Uh, well, let's get into some predictions about what we're going to be seeing in coming weeks. We've already got a tease about predictions. <laughs> it's the '80s next week, guys. Oh, so the, so in the awesome. in the promo for the next episode, the quick shot we got of Damian Dark in his Miami Vice outfit. Got my I, my soul is singing. We clapped because <laughs> it was like yes. Because the more Damian Dark, the more campy Damian Dark, the better. I don't disagree. I, I like this is holding me over till I know when Cold and Malcolm come back, or Malcolm comes on and Cold comes back at the you know the mid season finale. Yes, but Damian Dark will hold me over for the just fun crazy stuff. 
But don't you, don't you hope that, um, my, my biggest hope for, for Malcolm Merlin during the course of this is that his time with the Legion of Doom will give him a better hand. <laughs> yes. Oh, then this weird, like, the knife, hand? like this oh. almost like, yeah. Yes. Like this a Sauron hand that he's yeah. got going. Oh, please, come on, uh, Eobarthon, bring him back something from the 25th <laughs> century and give him something cool, please. Guys, yeah, we've already got past Metal Gauntlets, guys. You primitives, you apes. Here, <laughs> here's, a, here's a cloned human hand for you, Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, we either get him just a clone hand, or and it could, should be an evil hand, because those are always fun stories, like Lindsay on Angel or Scream Queens. Or, like, you know how Ash has the chainsaw hand? He can have the bow hand. I don't know how that'll work exactly, but you know what? You're an archer. Well, you gotta do the bow. Hang on, hang on. So if the bow is here, you can't... No. So you attach it, right? And then you get the arrow out, mm-hmm. and then you just, like, pull it back. And <laughs> yeah. Like, it's super cumbersome, but I bet once you have a system in place, you could... Yeah. You I could, think it would work. You could not die for about seven seconds. That's right. You just gotta get the reps in. Get yeah. used to it. Get your own yeah. system. That's yeah. right. Uh, so, uh, here's the, I think we're gonna ha- also have Len Hen- Lance Henriksen as Obsidian yes. popping up in the 80s, I'm which is awesome. I'm excited to see Lance Henriksen. He is just so amazing. Millennium. Now, if anybody's seen, like, the little, sna- like, uh, on Facebook or at Twitter, you see, like, the little still pic there of Lance, uh, teasing this episode, and he's getting that cool, sweet fighting stance. Man, look at him. He's still got it. So go, Lance, go! Yes! <laughs> uh, but that anything taught it- himself to read, man. He no. can do anything. No. Yeah. He can do anything. Love that guy. Uh, yeah. He also created artificial life forms that look just like him. Yeah. Yeah, he did that too. That was based on true. <laughs> <laughs> actually, those films were documentaries. Yeah, that's true. Aliens versus Predator. Yeah, that was true. That yeah. really happened. That really did. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, any other predictions from you guys? Are any hopes as we are so far four season, four episodes in? Any more? Any hopes that you have for the season? Well, so we're we're seeing Damien Dark again next week. I and this is just my own my own impatience to get to the really comic booky geeky stuff. But I hope we start introducing more of the Legion of Doom plot sooner rather than later. Because I'm I'm like I'm itching to get there. Yeah, Legion of Doom's so cool. And like we say, we need a wild card. Yes, but but to be fair, I'm really enjoying these relatively self-contained adventures that we've been seeing this season so far. So I'm I'm happy. This is a good place to be. No, it's really nice, and I think just like the the additions of uh, Amaya and Nate have been so good to this team. And Agreed. I really yeah. like where this is going. Uh, but just guys, please just. Pull the trigger on this uh, Uncle Barry's video from uh, Message <laughs> from the Uncle Barry. Yeah, Uncle just Bear. just tell us what it is already, guys. Uh, please stop dragging this out. Uh, I'll be sad next week if, this is, <laughs> if we see this again. Uh, but uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Abominations on the Legends Tomorrow After Show. But uh, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes because why, Lex? Why I, I that's how I live. I'm actually drinking a mug full of five star reviews right now, that's and right. it's almost empty. And I got to refill pretty soon. So guys, you want to ha- you want to fill that cup up for Lex. Uh, you can also like us, uh, uh, give us those five stars on iTunes. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks for hopping in the chat, everybody, sharing your thoughts about this episode. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation even after the show's over, Lucretia, where can they find you? You guys can always find me at l a c r e t i a l y o n anywhere on the internet, since there is only one. I am Lex Michael, all over social media, at the Lex Michael. And if you're a fan of DC on the CW on ABTV, I'm all over that block. I'm on Supergirl Monday nights, Arrow Wednesday nights, here Legends of Tomorrow every Thursday. We're on Ash vs. Evil Dead, yeah, me and Lucretia, Sunday nights. And we also do the comic book exchange yeah. on Book Circle Online. So many wonderful platforms to come nerd out with us. Please do. We love you. There you go. That's the only other platform that Lex and Lucretia will let me play with him in these comic book worlds. <laughs> that's, that's cool, guys. Whatever. I get it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jackie, And don't forget to tweet Mr. Dave Child. Your family rem- uh, remedies there to cure what ails you. He's going to need that, guys, because we don't know how long he's got to live. 
<laughs> we'll see you next week for another episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Hashtag Save Dave. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.